I'm a little nervous here. I think we're both a little nervous. <laughs> Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Wyndham. Rayburn, we still got to do it even though it's Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd week. What Billboard hit do we cover this week? Surface Pressure by Jessica Darrow from the movie Encanto. <laughs> what did you think? If any of you have been an older sibling, you know the meaning of this song all too well. This track comes from the mind of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Encanto. If my co-host will step off his high horse of silently judging me, I think he will find that he can relate even to this goofy-ass Disney song, Just Like Me. So, five stars? Is that what you... Four stars. Oh, four stars. Okay. Huh. What you got to say, Shane? Have you, first of all, have you watched the movie yet? You have children. We, we started the movie. Okay. Uh, we didn't finish the movie. I think we turned it on because Jordan and Ke- my sisters and their kids were over. I didn't they were ca- watching it at the cabin. I didn't catch much of it okay. when it was playing here. Uh, anyway, I swear to God, Rayburn, sometimes I think the world at large is so bored that the only thing it feels compelled to respond to anymore is a vocal that initially hits like it's completely out of place. I recognize that this is from the Encanto soundtrack, so take my feedback with a grain of salt. The track is, after all, taken from a kid's movie. I get massive stage play vibes when listening. Specifically, I hear the influence of Hamilton, which (laughs) clearly hadn't done my homework. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yep. Hamilton, dude. Uh, (laughs) Some of you were hardcore sold at the mention of Hamilton, but it also feels reminiscent of certain tracks by The Lonely Island. I truly believe the song is masterfully produced and infectious as a listen. It also has a great chorus, but I can't get past the vocals. They just hit a bit too cheesy in my head, so it is that I'm stuck at four stars. Okay. Can we go talk about some music not made in a Hollywood hit factory now? Absolutely. Roll the intro. By the way, uh, we're going to be talking about Led Zeppelin first, but even though I said I wanted to move on, I do want to touch on this just a little bit. Okay. I was talking to Al. I uh, tried to tell Jordan and Al that I didn't know what to make of what I saw of that movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Al's response was, really? That's, that shit gets so stuck in your head. He's like, initially, I was like, what the fuck? And then it's just, it's in me. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought, you know, I, I love the um, the type of music that it is. Yeah. You know, it definitely has that South American uh, maybe yeah. Mexican music vibe, yep. which I, I've always enjoyed. I yep. no secret about that. Mm-hmm. It's the lyrical style and the way that Hamilton does. this. That song that we just covered, I appreciate that it had a chorus, but mm-hmm. I swear to God, it's just like it's telling you a story instead of just being a song that's in a story. Like, today I walked to the corner and there was a guy standing there, so I said hi to him and then we kept going down the road. What do you expect from <laughs> a person with a massive theater background and it fits because it's not just it fit, it fits well in a disney movie because that disney movie like so many others they're acting like they're act they're acting the story as they're singing the song i'm thinking of just can't wait to be king all i was trying like, to say like that. is that if you are of the musical taste like our buddy austin from the semi-friendly <laughs> podcast you most likely won't enjoy that no sort of thing no. led zeppelin 
Led Zeppelin. Let's talk. <laughs> I don't want to talk any more about Encanto. So the first album that we covered was Led Zeppelin II from 1969. This was my bottom album. This is my top album. Out of the nine tracks, I gave four fives. I gave four fives as well. My top track was Ramble On. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Genuine love of Ramble On. Ramble On got a four from me, but it's so played out. Anyway, my top track was Thank You. Okay. Okay. Bottom track. Hold on to your boots. I'm sorry. Don't. I'm going to get smacked in the face next time I see you. Whole lot of love. No, Moby okay. Dick. Same. Now, I've heard it's the uh, it's the drum solo, right? Uh-huh. It's supposed to be a big deal. Uh-huh. I will say about Whole Lot of Love because that was the first song on the album, right? Yes. Got a five from me. Mm-hmm. That shit gets way more experimental in the middle than I remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what'd you think about the album? Plant's vocals are gruffy. I don't know if that's a word. Gruff, gruffy, and lovely. They experiment with different foot pedals for interesting sounds, as well as different vocal filters. Each instrument is offered the time to shine, and it's really complimentary to everybody. Look, I know this album's influential, but as a newcomer to the full Zeppelin experience, this was way more 60s artful fart-sniffing experimentation than I anticipated. A few of the solos were messy, and the sound of the remastered recordings was just not great. Still, I was awestruck by the bass in most places and found almost all of the material to be good. A few moments really are astonishing and ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. I felt the cover art was a perfect representation of the rest of what you got here. Is that a knock? No. Uh, When I first looked at it, I thought, wow, that's a really stupid album cover. But then the more I looked at it, the more Mm -hmm. like I realized what I was seeing. Yeah. And it's not bad. No. It's just much more in line with like uh, more than what I would have expected. You get like The Who, The Beatles, The Mm -hmm. Doors, ELO. Mm -hmm. Like that all comes through here for me. Okay. Even though I would put them in their own category. Category. Even if you think Ramble On is played out. That's fucking great. It's just, I mean... It's not a bad song. I don't think that I can call... I mean, I can't call anything from this first album bad. Um, It all serves its purpose. I just... Moby Dick. I'm just... just, Not even Moby Dick. I gave it a three. So did I. I called it decent. I mean, but Ramble On, it's just one of those things that... Number one, I never think of Zeppelin singing Ramble On. It sounds something... It sounds like something more from like a southern rock band than most of the stuff that I love about Zeppelin. Okay. I love that celestial cosmic sound that they have and ex- like experimenting with this the 60s sounds. I really really dig that from them. So you didn't know to expect the Skinner stylings in the No, I did. In the Zeppelin. But I just never think Okay. I never associate. So that that's all I got to say. Moving on. Next album, Led Zeppelin 4 from 1971, more commonly referred to as their greatest album. I see it all over the place online. I have for a very long time. Is that the one with like the old man? Yeah. The cover? I own that album. You do? I do. Like the- The uh, vinyl. The vinyl. Mm -hmm. Okay. It came from Blue's parents. I didn't know what I had until I'm like, no, that's a Zeppelin album. Because they they don't put their name on the cover. It's just the picture. Right. So anyway. Led Zeppelin 4, 1971. Mm -hmm. This was my middle album. This was also my middle album. Out of the eight tracks, I gave eight fives. You gave a perfect rating and it still is your middle? To a Zeppelin album. Okay. No less. Yeah. Okay. I gave three fives out of eight tracks. Not horrible. My top track was Going to California. Okay. Talk about played out. I will die. No, not yours. I will die on this hill. Stairway to Heaven is still a masterpiece, even if they get in trouble for 
plagiarizing it and everybody's made this big thing out of it. Stairway to Heaven is still an amazing song. It is. And it deserves its due. Fucking fight me, all I'll say. I don't have to fight you. I completely agree. I was speaking I to Stairway listeners to that don't agree. Uh, my bottom track was a toss-up between Four Sticks and Misty Mountain Hop, both of which can be closer to the four range for mm -hmm. me. But ultimately, I, I do really like those songs. What, what was your bottom? When the Levee Breaks. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. now I want to fight I you. I know, I know, I know. I knew and I, I knew and I, I knew I was going to get hate about this. But speaking of your Misty Mountaintop song, Misty Mountain Hop. Speaking of your Misty Mountain Hop song, I'm very surprised uh, that was your bottom because of the Tolkien references in it. Yeah, I mean, and you're a Tolkien guy. I am. It doesn't necessarily mean something's going to be a winner. Okay, I'm just, you know. I'm just saying. Fucking Lil Pump could do a J.R. Tolkien song. I'm not going to love it, you know? Please do not give him that idea. Uh, I think the reason I'm surprised by something like When the Levee Breaks being bottom is... I gave is it a three. It's the same thing I feel about Ramble On. There are these... You're a Black Keys girl. Yeah. It's got this... Blues. Funk. Dirt. Yeah. Yeah, sound to it. I know, I know. Okay. I know. What did you think about the album? This is more Southern rock sounding. Storytelling is heavy here. Experiments a little with other instruments such as lutes, electronic piano, etc. Seems like a sadder direction, like they're finding ways to cope with some sort of sadness. Most definitely. Okay, nice. This album's much more down to earth and nearly perfection in my opinion. An effort so affecting that even the likes of Lords of Acid have paid homage to it. Don't know if you caught that. From the Far Stucker album. Mm -mm. Yeah. Explain. Start the song, I think it's Praise the Lords. Okay. Or a treatise on the practical methods by which one may praise the Lords. Some shit like okay. that. Okay, all right. Anyway, uh, I get far more of their influence on Greta Van Fleet here mm -hmm. than on the previously covered album. Not sure how tracks like The Battle of Evermore aren't more popular. If most of their albums end up being like this... I'd be much more inclined to understand why they're thought of as the greatest band of all time by a very large number of people. Greta's first album. Remember, we, we've we've talked and I was going to wait till we got through all the albums before I brought up Greta because we cannot not talk about Greta Van Fleet when we talk about Led Zeppelin. Greta's first album, when I said in a past episode that they were trying to make the comparisons between them and Led Zeppelin just to spark people's interests. Mm -hmm. I think um, I think Led Zeppelin's four and Greta's first album, they're like you said, they're very very similar. But Play hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But okay. specifically Greta's first album, we're not talking about All the Gardens Gate because that's a whole different animal there. Yeah, that really I think defines who they are. But anyway, anyway, we're talking about yeah. Zeppelin <laughs> primarily. <laughs> Uh, the last album we covered was Physical Graffiti from 1975. I did not realize I was trying to make the number of tracks between Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin pretty Even? equivalent. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we had a, a good fight on our hands, mm -hmm. even though uh, the, we'll, we'll get to it, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so this is a double album, and it was my top. It was my bottom. Out of the 15 tracks, I gave 15 fives. And if I may, for myself, damn, this show am good. <laughs> what What did you think? How many fives? I gave four fives out of 15 tracks. Two perfect ratings for Led from Zeppelin. Zeppelin. And you have said in a past episode, you didn't even know what to expect from Zeppelin. Because we both 
hadn't really expanded on Zeppelin very much. I know. How do I put this? I've listened to Mothership, which is the two disc greatest hits sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, now I know it's more like listening to Journey's two disc greatest hits thing. Mm-hmm. You're really doing yourself a disservice mm-hmm. by just listening to that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of other really good shit by this mm-hmm. group that gets paid no attention. Yeah. Top track, toss up between 10 years gone and trampled underfoot. It's cashmere. It's always cashmere. cashmere. It's so good. Do you like the, um? is it Puff Daddy from the Godzilla soundtrack? The, what's that called? Come With Me? You have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I can't remember. I Didn't we listen to that album? No, no the gods. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't heard it. Never mind. It just. I don't even think it samples cashmere. I think he actually plays cashmere. In yeah. It? yeah, with the den in it. And it's a rap song. It's, okay, it's Puff Daddy, P Diddy, Lion Mane. I don't know what his. I, name yeah, is I can't now. keep up with what he's going off of. He's he's always Puff Daddy or P Diddy to me. Uh, what was your bottom track? Black Country Woman. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. I will just say that mine was Down by the Seaside. Even though I still gave it a five. <laughs> Thoughts? Like Shane said, this is a double album. It starts out a bit basic. I'm craving more creativity. They do add some slide guitar in a couple of spots, but I want more complexity. Dare I say, I want more complexity. We got a little bit with it within the light, but I still wanted more. I'm leaning more towards blues inspirations here. Okay. Hence... Black country woman. See black country woman. You're kind of all over the map in my head. I, I don't know. know how to. I don't know. What's I can't going pin on. you down here. I think you're doing it on purpose. Just yeah. one. Yeah, because I have nothing better to do than to cause you confusion with my musical opinion. I mean, it's not really me I'm worried about. I see like your mom coming at you, right? Like, you know what? She'd have to know more than Ramble On, okay. Cashmere, and Stairway to Heaven in order for me to give a shit what she thinks. I bet I'm your sorry, mom, mom knows. I bet she knows a lot more than you're giving her credit for. Anyway. I love you, Mom. I'm sorry. Crunch and Groove Unite, man. Be still my funk-infested frame. But wait, that doesn't even account for the serenely floaty sections of this double disc, wherein I can't help thinking of Jeff Buckley. No. Their ability to write cohesive, punchy, and emotional songs has vastly improved compared to where we started. Could definitely see listening to Van Fleet's Garden's Gate album and wanting to follow it up with a spin of this one. Deeply impressive and wholly unforgettable, a rock masterpiece. Wow, that's high praise. All right, a couple things I want to say about Zeppelin. They were originally named the New Yardbirds and even performed once as the Knobs. Yeah, that would have been preferable to the New Yardbirds. Yeah. <laughs> Good on changing both of those names. Like I've stated, they've been sued for plagiarism a few times. For example, Whole Lot of Love sounds a lot like You Need Love by Muddy Waters, and Stairway to Heaven is supposed to sound a lot like Spirit by Taurus. And here's something we should probably get out of the way, uh, because it's looked at in a vacuum of headlines in today's culture, mm-hmm. especially in the 70s. It was extremely common yeah, for lawsuits and, you know, accusations of stolen material. And don't get me wrong, I hear it, mm-hmm. but you hear it everywhere else that it exists. Yep. You just never, you never see those headlines. And it's because Zeppelin is one of the biggest musical targets you could aim for. Well, I also think the, le- I mean, the legality of it all has completely changed. Uh, we don't have, uh, we didn't have different... 
um, lines to walk back in the 70s, really. I mean, it was kind of a free-for-all. Everybody did everybody's work. People reached for the sake of popularity and making money. And, uh, you know, nowadays, we sample just as much, but we have to go about it legally. And to see just how much of (laughs) that has just to see how much of it happened. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders if you look back, like even to the CD era, there are plenty of times where you would see something come up and expect that it's just going to fall back down. Nobody's ever going to pick it up. It's just going to be forgotten music. Yeah. Part of me wonders if back then it was viewed as something of a, like a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like we love your riff so much that we're going to use it too in hopes that it survives into the future. Yeah. Maybe I'm giving way too much credit here because I definitely enjoyed the latter half of this. Yeah. On that topic. What? Uh, the reverse of plagiaristic stuff. Trampled Underfoot. Do you know the song Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand? Yes. Does Trampled Underfoot not sound so much like that song? I'd have to go back and re-listen it. You have, listen to it. You have to get past the intro, clearly. Okay. But wow. I'm going to have to check it out. Go ahead. How's the music make you feel? Music makes me feel like I'm laying in the bed of a truck in an open field. Night or day. All right, I'm going to sit on that for just a minute. Okay. <laughs> this music... I grew up in the country, man. I think the problem we're having here is we followed a very sexual episode yes. <laughs> with this artist. The music makes me feel like I'm having great sex with someone who I am otherwise completely incompatible with, or maybe not. Okay. Maybe maybe we are compatible. Maybe I just need to let it simmer and give it some time. Maybe. I don't know. John Bonham, who is the drummer, died after drinking the equivalent of 40 vodka shots. And I'm going to request that you put... And no matter how much you made fun of it, I'm going to request that you please, Shane, put the heart performance of um, Stairway Stairway to to Heaven. Heaven. They were performing for Led Zeppelin and John Bonham's son actually did drums on that performance. I would like you to put it in the mentions playlist. That's all I'm saying. To clarify, I did enjoy that performance. (laughs) Because all he sent me was, damn, they got more makeup on than heart does. <laughs> it was a lot of old dudes in makeup. <laughs> well, they had to be camera ready, Shane. Yes, anyway, this is true. Robert Plant wrote the song Going to California, but about a singer. Shane, do you know who that singer was? I thought he wrote it about a groupie, but maybe the groupie mm-hmm. was a singer. I don't know. No, go ahead. Joni Mitchell. Okay. Who he was in love with. So Going to California is about Joni Mitchell. How could you not be, man? Um, I mean. They, they pay paradise, right? Know, yeah. Zeppelin. Is fa- they're all fans of Tolkien's works. And Ra- Rambalon directly re- references Mordor and Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Yep. So there you go. I did catch that. Yeah. So you are a Tolkien boy. Just a little bit. Because I'm a Tolkien boy. <laughs> now what's funny, this is another, I think this is another dig at your mom because your mom absolutely hates Tolkien's she work. hates it. But she loves Zeppelin. And I you're trying understand. to conflate the two so that in her mind... Slowly eats away at her love of Led Zeppelin. That's <laughs> what I'm s- here for, to make my mom have conflicting emotions and feelings. I admit I underestimated this group. I'll try to refrain from that in the future. I will say that some of the guitar work feels sloppy at times. Clearly live tracked, though, so that's perfectly respectable, especially considering the age it comes from. Mm-hmm. Some of the production is beginning to sound dated as well. Still, this wound up being a really great listen. Maybe someday when I've been through the full discography, I'll be here proclaiming this actually is one of music's greatest acts ever. For the moment, though, it will have to suffice for me to say that they're more unique and influential than I realized 
prior to now? I hadn't heard a lot of Led Zeppelin. My mom, as see, this is the thing. You talk about my mom being a fan of Led Zeppelin. She did not play Led Zeppelin growing up at all. So that leads me to believe that she doesn't love Led Zeppelin as much as she leads on. In situations where you were around. She played Zeppelin around you. No, I'm saying I think this is bedroom music for a lot of people, Rayburn. Oh, now I'm uncomfortable. Anyway. (laughs) Let's take our break. Yeah. So you cut me off, but I want to finish my statement about Led Zeppelin before we move any further. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to those three albums this week. Um, and I definitely found that I enjoy a lot more Led Zeppelin than I thought I did. So Same. very Com- nice. Completely agree very with that. Nice. Anyway. And before we get into the next half, after our little list stuff here, where we tell our little story. Yeah, our little story. Uh, I will say, no, I won't. Never mind. Shut up. God damn it. You got to quit teasing. Ch- childhood favorites was the list for the week. Yep. And we both went way ham on our song picks. I think I was at 50 and you're at 100. I'm at 100 and I feel like the list is just continuously growing. But we're only here to tell one story. Yeah, so why yeah. don't you tell me what you went with? My pick for childhood favorites is Bring It All to Me by Black featuring NSYNC. This is one of those forgotten favorites. End of story. Shut up. (laughs) Most people might know this group as nothing more than Gabrielle Union's Clovers in the movie Bring It On. Heyo. But to me, they and this song was much more than that. Listening to the song in my blow-up furniture was quintessential 2000s. Thank you, Black. I can't believe I actually knew what the fuck you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my pick. uh, It's not my favorite song from my list, but Mm. I I do like the song quite a bit. Okay. It's Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. (laughs) When I tell you that I had some amazing teachers in elementary school, there's no hyperbole in my use of the word amazing. This song's an example. I remember Mrs. O'Rear always taking music education to that next level. Not only did we get exposed to this song in her class, not only did she explain the vocal layering present within it, all done by the songwriter himself, by the way. No, I remember some of us being assigned different parts to sing until we had a children's remake on our hands, right there in the classroom. This, along with a great many other lessons, taught me to hear elements of songs which I otherwise wouldn't have been paying attention to. It's a stepping stone for what led to the podcast you're currently hearing. The vast majority of my elementary school teachers taught me how to excel in most anything, while also providing me with the sort of friends who still feel like family to this day. Teaching can be a thankless career, So I hope those ladies know how thankful all of us are to have had them there to guide us. Rayburn, a fun aside, this is the song that knocked your beloved sweet child of mine out of that number one spot. Aw, dang. Well, you know what? It's a good song. I'll give you that. And especially with that story that you just told, I will allow it. Are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. I feel like we've been building to this since the first episode. I'm, I'm still very nervous. Let's go talk about Pink Floyd. Here we go. (laughs) We're here. We made it. Ah, damn it to hell. I think we're worried about upsetting each other. 
or at least a wide variety. I'm worried about listeners. upsetting most anyone on the planet, to be okay. honest. Like you could do it so easily with this group. And that's the thing. Um, Floyd fans, we are almost cultish <laughs> yeah. in our love. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't you can't say anything negative. If you if you get it, you get it sort of thing. If you don't get it, you're never gonna get it. I felt no fear here though. I just went honest. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh We'll talk later about some of the other stuff. Anyway, okay. uh, the first album we covered was The Dark Side of the Moon from 1973. This was my bottom album. This is my top album. Are we going to fight each other in no, here? Is that we're what's not. Gonna okay. No, we're not. We're, no, no, we're not. Out of the 10 tracks, I gave seven fives. I gave 10 fives. Damn, <laughs> this show am good. Yes, that is a perfect rating from me. Damn. My top track was The Great Gig in the Sky. So fucking good. Um, Us and Them. Great Gig in the Sky was my backup. It's so good. Bottom track was on the run. Even though I gave a perfect rating, my bottom track is Any Color You Like. Mm. Now, I will say, because I, I must specify and, and uh, explain myself a little bit. This does have two skits. I say that in air quotes. They're just uh, like interlude instrumentals. Probably technically an interlude. I can excuse a skit or an interlude if it serves its purpose and it's not too long. This was the right amount. And I almost was like, no, you know, I need to nitpick a little bit here. And But I couldn't. I couldn't nitpick. It served its purpose. And overall, I think it added to the album. And I'm going to kick myself later for saying that. But I felt what I felt. Okay. I somewhat disagree. Okay. I'm happy that they are their own tracks because I rate them in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, so I listen to a track like On the Run by itself and... If I heard it on its own in a mix of other music coming on, yeah, <laughs> rated it what I rated it. Anyway, what do you think about the album? Uh, Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon was so ahead of their time. A beautiful cosmic smoothie done so well, you would have to actively try to not enjoy this. And now, even though it wasn't your top album, I know you enjoyed this album. It is very, very hard not to enjoy. Yeah. It invokes a sense of calm feelings on slower tracks. Some songs, and this is the only time I've ever thought this, some songs I wish I could give higher than a five to. Only critique, less in between tracks. And that is my only critique. Okay. As successful and significant as this album is, my relationship with it has always been one of mixed emotions. Floyd's among my top 10 music acts, but I think some of their material tops what's offered up here, and I'm always irked by the reality that this is their bestseller. That aside, this remains an essential listen, full of chill experimentation and the ability to nail its themes as a concept album. I enjoy this album so much, I didn't own it on vinyl. I ordered it as soon as I got done listening to this album. Now I own every perfect rating up until this point on vinyl. Have you taken a deep dive with this artist before? Like full albums, a lot of them? Um, I've wish heard you almost were here. all of them. Okay. Wish You Were Here, I did. The Wall, I did, obviously. I had in the final cut, but I knew a lot on the final cut. And I tipped my toe in the water on Division Bell. I think Division Bell is one of my dad's favorites. Okay. And Division Bell was quintessential when him and my mom were going through a rough patch. We'll get more on why that might fit well a little later. But album after album after album, no, I haven't. Okay. And I knew a lot from Dark Side of the Moon, but Us and Them 
was one that surprised me. I was just curious to know how much of it was new, and that definitely helps. I know helps. I know a lot. You know a lot of, of Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. Uh, next album we covered was The Final Cut from 1983. I know that's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, this, again, I was looking for the best Zeppelin albums as far as I could find them mm -hmm. online, what people were saying were the best, mm -hmm. and then how could I match the number of tracks? Okay. So there are things I probably could have picked here, like Wish You Were Here or Animals, mm -hmm. um, Metal, even Obscured by Clouds. Uh, there are tons, tons of albums. The Wall, yeah. you know, but it's just, it, it's so long. It, it would have been an unfair thing. Anyway, the final cut from 1983, this was my top album. No shit, it was your top album. Anyway, this is my bottom album. But before we move on, I wanted to ask you, you, well, not really ask you, you were happy to choose this album. Yes, extremely happy to choose this album. Is this your favorite Pl Floyd album? I don't, this is one of those groups, I don't really think that that's a fair question. I think what you get on the different albums is something different. Would you have picked The Wall if it wasn't so long? The Wall was on your groom's cake. I might have picked, so I'm always torn between a handful of their releases over Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. Would I have picked the wall instead of the final cut? No. Okay. So I was very happy that it, I it saw, gave an equal I, number of tracks. I saw that you picked the final cut and I'm like, I, I see him there. I know I also you had, wanted you to hear it. Yeah. So. And I also, I also know you had strategy to it, but I, I get it now. I get it now that I've listened to it in, in its entirety and it makes complete sense why you would love it so much. For years now, when I've thought about the final cut, I don't, I think I'm undervaluing it even now. Okay. Out of the 12 tracks, I gave 11 fives. Okay, just missed the mark on that. I'm I was very, very tempted to give 12, but 11. I gave six fives. Still impressive. Surprising. As a toss-up for me for top track between The Gunner's Dream, The Final Cut, and The Fletcher Memorial Home. Fletcher Memorial Home is one of my... It wasn't my bottom track, but it almost was. My top track, The Gunner's Dream. It's good, man. It's good. I'm pretty sure I cried the first time I heard that song. I almost did, too. I get... I wasn't going to say anything. I almost cried a lot. It listening to Floyd wrecked me. Bottom track here, it's just my only four. I still really like it. It's a uh, get your filthy hands off my desert. Okay. Not now, John. And that is more in line with uh, some of the mainstream hit type stuff that you get from the wall. Mm -hmm. You could definitely tell it was a wall B-side. Yeah. But I fucking love it. Yeah. What am I going to do? <laughs> what do you think about the album? Epic. The, the transition from Dark Side of the Moon to the final cut. I believe this is where Roger Waters sort of uh, leads in this direction, which we've talked about it. You're, you are a definite Roger Waters direction fan. I love them all. I know, but you always talk about Roger Waters. He's You probably talk about him more than anybody. If we're talking lyricist, he's right up there. He's up there with Davey Havoc from AFI or mm -hmm. Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, yeah. Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. Like yeah. There are a handful of them. That this is intense. Um, darker direction with Waters at the forefront. I think he adds a lot of darkness to Floyd's music. Um, complex. And uh, this is another edition where he really starts getting into the political references. And that's another way that I think uh, Roger Waters leads Pink Floyd. He's not afraid to talk about the real shit that's going on and the darkness that's in the world and make you feel things that you sort of 
push away. So I think it's beautiful what he does. And for some people that don't like his contributions, they're just not ready to deal with the heaviness that comes with his direction. Yeah, it's a thought piece for sure. mm -hmm. Probably the most underrated Floyd album. I can't convey how glad I am that this exists, primarily because Waters fought so hard for his vision materializing here. If you gel with this disc's deeply personal and poetic storytelling, you'll love Roger Waters' solo work. It's a contemplation of how the tragedy of losing a loved one at a young age can have sad consequences on your adult years. It also spits on Warhawks in a very deserved way, a shamefully undervalued effort. And then the last album we covered was The Division Bell from 1994. This was my middle album. This was also my middle album. Out of the 11 tracks, I gave 11 fives. Damn, this show am good. And this show am good. Sure. <laughs> Top track. Well, nope. Fives. We get so lost in, in the pumps that we We do. We, we, <laughs> How we many get fives? Off. How many fives you give it? I gave it six fives out of eleven tracks. Still, this show am good. Yeah. My top track was coming back to life. My top track was What Do You Want From Me? But surprisingly, my second, which is not typically a favorite, I think it's one of the least listened to on the album. I've always loved Marooned. Yeah? Yeah. I dig it. It's so... It, I mean, it's just one of those... It's not complicated. It's almost an interlude. I mean, it could be classified as an interlude, but I've just always really, really enjoyed it. And it's like that type of music that I can like zone out or work to. You could like pluck anything from this album and just sort of obsess over it in its own way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were on a road trip at one point and there's some random radio station we came across that was having like Pink Floyd night or something. Sweet. And that instrumental cluster one mm-hmm. from the very beginning of this album. Yeah. Like if you just give it time and let it do its thing. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I was just gone. They were all talking. I had no idea what anyone was saying. I'm just lost. Um, Your top track was my bottom track. What do you want from me was my bottom. The female vocal additions is really, really good. It also takes me back to my dad listened to a lot of Division Bell. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when him and my mom were going through it, like all couples do, they're human. This was the album that Floyd never really hit me until my parents were going through it. And in a way, I, my dad, I sort of felt the feelings that my dad was radiating, especially when he would listen to music like this. And What Do You Want From Me was one of those songs that hit me hard. So yeah, take that what you will. Hold a level of nostalgia. I, I'm not upset that it's your bottom track. I, I love the song. It's a good song. Like a lot of this that we've listened to here, they're great songs. Yeah. But anyway. What do you think? About the album. About the app. No, bottom track. Oh, yeah. You still have to break my heart. What's it going to be? Wearing the inside out. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. Okay. (laughs) I gave it a four, though. I didn't give anything below a four. So give me a break. I'm still struggling. I think that's Richard Wright's only fully solo song that he did with Floyd. Maybe that's why. The Pianist. Maybe. Where he does vocals, lead vocals. That's another one. Like, you take it in a vacuum, you can obsess over it. Uh, It's... It's different. Okay. What are your thoughts on the album? They are truly artists at their craft. They don't even need lyrics to invoke the feelings that they can display with music alone. Marooned is a great example of that. Newer 80s and 90s musical inspirations poke through just a little bit. I can sense 
and hear the 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 change in trends a little bit, the change with time. Uh, that's not saying that this is some, you know, hippy-dippy bullshit of the 80s and 90s. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, this is so powerful. Vocals are a little bit weaker here from the lead. So that's what I got to say about that. Okay. Juxtapose the previous album with this one, and you might begin understanding why Floyd astounds me to the degree they do. With Waters Gone, this is David Gilmour and Richard Wright showcasing their moody, spacey styles to the fullest effect. An absolute must for people who like music that makes you feel like you're floating. Uh, there's also an equal amount of light to the dark here that provides a very zen sensation when played from start to finish. My only real complaint is the odd placement of the song What Do You Want From Me? But with guest vocals from Stephen Hawking, uh, that complaint's soon forgotten. <laughs> I think my problem coming off of Cluster One at the start of the album and mm -hmm. then jumping right into What Do You Want From Me, maybe that's the point. Do you think it should have been later in the album? Yeah. Okay. It just, it, it felt oddly mixed. It it punches you in the face right as you get into this real calm zone, which I feel like a lot of that album takes you to that place. I think Marooned was two maybe one or two songs after what do you want from me what would you have put there instead in your opinion can you name i think almost all of the mixing is perfect i just would have put what do you want from me somewhere just maybe, later in the album maybe after maybe the midway point i was gonna say maybe even finish out the album with it i'm trying to think of because i gave the last song in the album which i can't tell you right now i gave that a four what was it? Uh, God damn. I'm sorry. My mind is... I was going to say, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, you just threw me for such a loop that I'm having trouble here. Oh, oh my God. It's the Grass Was Greener song. What in the fuck, Raven? Which is one of the first Floyd songs I ever heard, by the way, and really, really fucked me up, just like the live version of Hey You. Yeah. Um, well, Shane's looking that up. Uh, for genres, Floyd is progressive rock. Um, what I'd... Who would I recommend... Floyd to everyone just for the chance to awaken something in yourself that you didn't know was there because that's exactly what Floyd did for me and I think other Floyd fans have had that experience with them as well so High Hopes was the name of that song I don't know why it wouldn't come okay. into my head okay. uh, Nightwish yeah. actually did a cover of it on that live album yeah uh, okay. nowhere near as good as this uh, yeah never with regard to favorite member uh, including founding member Sid Barrett. This is one of those groups where it makes no sense to have a favorite member for me. Uh, depending on your taste, you may like one more than the other as far as lead vocals, the lead songwriters go, you know, who's bringing what to the table. But literally every part of this group, even in the early days, if, if you've never sat down with their very Doors, somewhat Beatles type yeah. sound from that era, it's trippy as shit. It's very, very different. Yeah. Um, the name Pink Floyd comes from two of Sid Barrett's favorite Carolina bluesmen. Most people think Pink Floyd is there's somebody in the band named Pink Floyd. Yeah. Usually they assume it's Roger Waters, which is so weird. Like, oh, that's Pink Floyd. It's kind of like a Hootie and the Bluefish situation. It is strange. Yeah. Uh, but the name comes from Sid Barrett's two favorite Carolina bluesmen, Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. So check them out. See what uh, Sid Barrett was on there. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon is said... <laughs> Don't take too much of what Sid Barrett was on. He wound up in an insane asylum, so... Dark Side of the Moon is said to sync up perfectly with The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. I have to try that out because I haven't, but it's supposed to sync up perfectly. And a couple of other things. How the music makes me feel. Like I'm feeling all the feelings at the same time. 
and I'm on the verge of imploding like a dying star. And I said, it makes me feel like I'm calmly cruising through the stream of a wormhole in space. Okay. All right. There we go with the the cosmic references. Yeah. Um, How this artist could be most successful in the future? Time is a cruel mistress. I wrote live forever. Continuing to make music, expanding on their sound as time changes. But unfortunately, that will not be the case. Nope. Nope. No, it will not. Mm -mm. Uh, (laughs) David Gilmore is still putting music out. So is Roger Waters. And uh, to maybe find a little middle ground for Roger Waters uh, between myself and Rayburn, he also produces a lot of stage play music. There's a lot there that I have not dived into. If you see any of their music videos, you know there's there's a theatrical, even their live shows, there's a theatrical presence there. Yeah, this is the group that literally went into a goddamn empty Pompeii and did a live show yeah. on video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, each Pink Floyd album feels like it occupies its own unique corner of the cosmos. If you want music that's guaranteed to make you both feel and think deeply, there are few music artists that hold a candle to this one. I also adore how I've yet to hear another group that's easily mistaken for this one. Uh, So when you're ready to have your life forever changed by a listen, take a deep dive with the one and only Pink Floyd, a group that, more often than not, seems plugged into the very heart of this universe we all share existence within. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well said. Here, here. I very much look forward to drawing this artist out of the jar for finales in the future. (laughs) Do we even need to ask who won for you? Yeah, actually you do. You have two perfect ratings with Zeppelin, and you have one perfect rating with Floyd. Yep. Now, uh, Floyd wins just by fives. (laughs) Okay. And if I were to count... um, the double album for Zeppelin mm-hmm. has a double album and mm-hmm. treated appropriately. Floyd definitely wins. What I will say is that just running the numbers, Zeppelin had a higher average, just barely, unless I treat that double album like one album, in which case it was yeah, still just a little bit lower. I don't think you can go wrong with either. I agree. It's just 100%. If, if you want some down to earth music that has a lot of rock, a lot of Southern inspiration to it. Definitely like the core of a classic rock heart that's pumping forward. Yeah. It's Zeppelin. But Floyd, it's just, like I said, complete life-changing experience Mm -hmm. for me. What about you, Rayburn? I'm going to piggyback off of what Shane says and say that picking either one of these artists, you cannot go wrong. At least what we've covered here, you cannot go wrong. Uh, I had a, this woke me up. Uh, when I was doing my ratings, because I, like a dumbass, wait till the last minute to do my ratings. <laughs> I'm slowly <laughs> I'm panicking. I'm touching that one. Uh, but this one, usually by the end of it, I'm a little out of it, a little tired. Nope. Woke me up, which is funny because I went right to bed after this. Thanks, yeah. Floyd. Um, but it, I was not expecting to be woken up the way that I was. I knew Floyd, I didn't know a lot of Zeppelin, and even Zeppelin brought something to the table. With that being said, Floyd ultimately showed out. Um, It wasn't close, but it was closer than I thought it was going to be. Okay. So thank you, Led Zeppelin. And obviously, I'm eternally grateful for Floyd. 
So My mind is dead-ass blank because there are a million things that I want to say with regard to Pink Floyd, and I'm forgetting them, but I'm going to go ahead and calm down and realize that we will cover them much more in the future mm-hmm. in our finales, mm-hmm. maybe even in our specials. I still want to do a Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd spe- versus Pink Floyd special. special. All right. But that would require some guests to come on and pick their own of what's left and probably fight. Anyway. Quality content, Shane. Quality content. (laughs) It's just bad. I don't know how much shit are we going to hear for any of this. We were just honest. Uh, That was the point today. Mm -hmm. So we're not done with the season yet. We still have the finale. Yep. And that will be two weeks from now. We will be back. And I went ahead and drew this stuff in advance. So he didn't check with me on anything. We're going to fix that (laughs) next season. We're going to be fixing some things because it's been a time struggle recently. I'm yeah. I'm producing well, I'm, a lot more for... I mean, I waited till the last minute to do my ratings. And you've been busy. It's spring is here. We are wanting to be, you know, do all the spring things, uh, Have spend some time with our families, spend some time with each other where we're not talking about the podcast as much as we love the podcast. We still like to get together and get along fairly well. I'm going to... Uh... Get through these finale things here in case you're listening at home and want to follow along. In two weeks, we will be back to talk about these albums. Mm-hmm. Meantime, we're going to go eat some Chinese food. Oh. Uh, the, <laughs> the five discs that we covered, or the five discs that we're going to be covering in the finale are AFI. I picked the Blood album, mm-hmm. which is self-titled from 2017. DMX came up again. I went with Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood from 98 because I know some people were upset we didn't choose it last time. All right. Foo Fighters came out again. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. That's interesting that that would pop up recently. But it did. It did. Went with Wasting Light from 2011. Rush came out again. Yeah. Going to go with Clockwork Angels from 2012. Okay. Still haven't done, well, Moving Pictures is a live album. Never mind. Did we do Moving Pictures? I don't think we did. What? Rush. Yeah. We did Moving Pictures. I think we did. I thought Moving Pictures, no, Exit Stage Left is the live album. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm going to shut up. Continue. (laughs) And just to make your day even better, the (laughs) fifth album that we're going to be covering is Timmy T's All for Love from 1992. He's only got two fucking albums. So this is the last time Mm. you'll have to listen to it. Fucking Timmy T. (laughs) Anyway, folks. It's not going to get any better. Two weeks from now. That's what we're in store for. Hopefully we're not so nervously talkative. (laughs) I don't know why I'm so nervous. This is just... Because we've been itching to cover Floyd, and we're covering two of Zeppelin fans and Floyd fans. Not just Floyd. Zeppelin fans are cultish, too. So either way, we pissed somebody off today. We're just going to have to accept that. We also made some people very proud. So. Yeah, and I don't I don't even know that it's the cultish factor now that we're actually sitting here and through it. I think what I realized while we were talking is, for me, Pink Floyd is more than music. Yeah. It's, uh, it's mind expanding. Yeah. I am a much better person for having listened to Pink Floyd. And I feel that way every time I come across something new from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still certain experiences I haven't had because I'm afraid Yeah, okay. <laughs> of what it does to me. Like when your uh, dad used to talk about one of these days, the first song from their metal album, mm-hmm. which is really where I stick my you know little pin cushion into their discography. And I think everything beyond metal is just top notch for me. Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to add before we go? No, no. I think I've said enough. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, though. 
All right. Well, I'm glad we're going to be following Pink Floyd up with some Timmy T. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Hit up our playlist on Spotify. Again, we had massive playlists for this week. Childhood favorites. It's going to be some throwbacks for you guys, so go listen to it. Visit our merch shop. Share our show with your friends. Come find us on social media to let us know what you think. And until next time, fill your world with music. And don't be afraid to expand your mind. Thank you.